There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. <laughs> Welcome back to part two with the deed and EJ. The Books Boy. And Alfred. Woo! Whoa, baby! Well, here we go. Part 2 of episode 31 of Books Boys. And in just a moment, we're going to have a big announcement from uh, good Sir PJ. Isn't that right? Oh, yeah. But first, we have two lovely voicemails that we've been left with some book recommendations. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and we'll play those. We've got the first one. Uh, you might know him. It's a certain Dark Place Robert. Hi, Dean. Dark Place oh! Robert. Um, just wanted to give you a wee book recommendation. Uh, the name of the book is The Name of the Wind. It's by Patrick Rothfuss, and it is the first in a series of books called The King Killer Chronicles. The storyline is very cliche for a high fantasy novel. It's um, you know, small boy has idyllic childhood growing up with lovely family, then the family are all murdered and he goes off on his adventures. Oh no. Very standard. The only reason I'm actually recommending this is for the writing style itself. Story isn't captivating, but how the author actually conveys that story is what makes it fascinating. And I thought it'd be interesting for a read for yourself. Might get you hooked onto high fantasy, who knows? But enjoy. Thank you very much, Robert. Although you'd have a t- it sounds very good. You'd have a tough job yeah. getting me hooked on high fantasy, though. It's <laughs> <laughs> been trying hard. Low fantasy, I, I can take, but I am always. I prefer my 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 realism and my my caricatures of realism. Okay, don't um, don't want any hobbits uh, going around your doorstep. Yeah. Now the second okay. cameo, I'm going to give you the 10 second intro here. Recently, I Ooh. reviewed a Zafon. And Ooh. of course, if you go way back to a previous episode, one of the in single single figures episode five or something like that, mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. we did a whole episode on Zathon, and so yeah, I I recommended to someone that they start with, um, a Sombra del Viento, and of course, um, someone a friend of mine, Lupita, um, read the book, and it oh, wow. seems like it's potentially now. One of her favorite books, so she sent us oh, wow. a, little, a little message. Lovely. Hi guys, um, thank you for recommending Safon. It was a really good book. I mean, it has been a long time since I don't read, and yeah, I found this book really interesting. Uh, everything in general, like the characters, they were amazing. I think they were well developed. I could understand the feelings of each character. Um, That's true. I could also identify with some mm. of them. So, yeah. The the scenes that the author described, I mean, I could see Spain <laughs> through his eyes. So, that was cool. Mm-hmm. 
uh, the phone's Barcelona is very yeah. Uh, it was yeah, yeah, very much. the suspense is it was full of suspense, and I don't know. I I, I like it that, and I like that. Um, you don't know what is going to happen next. Like I was trying to figure out the ending, and. It blew my mind the ending. Like I did, I wasn't expecting that ending. Like wow, what happened? And yeah, I really love it. It was like wow. So, it's it's one of the best books that I have read. So yeah, thank you guys. It was a really great recommendation. Awesome. I that was La Sombra del Viento, and I've since lent her oh. the sequel, El Juego del Ángel. Um, I loved know. it. I, I love Stefan. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Thanks both of you for uh, the reviews. Interesting also hearing what other people have to say about books. Well, um, yes. Which well, it brings me up. Uh, brings up the what I wanted to mention to you guys, which is that I have an announcement to make that I am stepping down from my my books boys. Um, yeah, status. It makes me a bit sad to say so, but I have decided also that I am focusing more on my writing and more on my music, and that this is my primary focus now. But I'm also delighted to announce that our Playboy uh, mutual friend Alex has taken the spot, and I'm really happy for mm -hmm. it because this is what I was hoping for. So thanks, Alex. Um, what got me into podcasting was actually Alex oh. with the Slumber Time podcast. And I've been thinking a while back before that also, because uh, my cousin Horik also had a radio show and it just had been with me for a while. And then the fact that he made it during the COVID times just mm. also made me do a few things myself, um, which you're welcome to find under Peter Burke uh, trap. And yeah, so it's been a hard decision to make, but I feel like it's time now just to focus on the, on the other things rather than have too many. But um, I just want to say to you, Dean, thanks so much for starting this. It's been a, a great journey, and we've collaborated so many things, so I don't see why it should stop. And um, and I just wish you and Alex the, the very best. Thank you very much. We're going we're gonna to miss you. You know, it's, uh, it's been a great time doing the show yeah. with you, and we've, we've done a good two and a half years, you know, so exactly. we certainly gave it a good, uh, a good long try. Um, we we're gonna miss you, yeah, but no. hopefully Alex will. Hopefully he will enjoy his promotion, and hopefully he can lend some insight. Um, just as good as you were, you're very good at that. He, he, I always loved his insights, and um, and we will be seeing each other in May anyway. So I'm delighted to, see, to have that to look forward to. Yes, that's true. We will see each other in May. Um, yeah, we've collaborated in other things, as you mentioned. We've done some music together, and we did our, our, our poetry collection and things like that. Um, yeah. So I'm sure there'll be other other things in the future. And, of course, you're always welcome to call in if you have read a good book just for two minutes and, and let us know about it. Um, but myself and Alex okay. will be will be hosting the next few episodes, and we'll we'll see feel, how we get on. Feel free to use my voice with all the, this is a holiday, and... Uh... Are you <laughs> is this a holiday there we go we needed it we needed it one last time Maybe is this a holiday it, it will be a holiday, a holiday soon when i when i visit you <laughs> I, th I think it's a holiday just every day i think that's what i like the the jc uh quote yeah 
You're an optimist. You're an optimist. Um, but for anyone listening, um, we are losing PJ, but don't uh, don't worry. You know, keep calm and and read your Dickens, and, uh, and we'll, <laughs> we'll pick it up. Um, but look, I I had intended on bringing back some more old friends, and I was going oh. to do um, Galdos and Balzac um, for your oh. last. Um, but unfortunately, I wow. I misplaced the Galdos book that I had. What? Now I have since found it, but it's it was too late to read it. You know. So instead it's, it's, of reading, go ahead. No, it's interesting I mentioned Galdos because I have a tiny small surprise for you waiting when you get here. May some not not a book, not not a book, but it's related to mm-hmm. Galdos. You might be seeing some sacred spots. I'm just nice, saying here in nice. So, well, I instead of Galdos thought I would read. I have another Spanish uh, classic, hmm. and I thought you know I'll read that instead. I don't know if you know it or not, but Alex definitely doesn't. So I thought I might as well do it this month in place of Galdas. <laughs> what, what it's is it? El Buscon um, by Francisco oh. de Quevedo. I haven't read it, but it's a classic Baroque play, I believe, right? A bit, not, not Lope de Vega, but this is, I think, 17th century, right? That's Spanish literature. Uh, yeah, so we're talking early, early 1600s. Um, okay. Actually, it took about 20 years to be published. So this so, is Quevedo's... So only book. So probably Israel Lope de Vega. Okay, yeah. mm-hmm. okay. His, his only his, book. His only book, which was published posthumously against his will. He never wanted oh, it to really? be published. It's he kind of, yeah, he kind of wrote it as a literary exercise. There's a lot of kind of humor and jokes and, and witty wordplay. And I think he just wanted to see mm. how that would go. Um, but he never actually wanted it to be published. Which is interesting because at the very end, and it's not really a spoiler, but at the very end, the last line is, you'll see in the next book how I fare in America. But there was never in a next book and there was never an intended next book. Wow, that's really strange. It's, I don't really it, know anything yeah. about it. So yeah, I just know I just know about the author and I've mentioned, I hear the title many times. I'm so going to be honest. Enlighten me. I, I didn't love it. Um, oh. I felt emboldened. I was going to stop reading these really old Spanish books because I never feel like yeah, I get enough out of them. But I thought after reading a thousand pages and really enjoying it, I thought, you know, I feel emboldened and confident. <laughs> and um, once again, you're not too enthusiastic. No. Look, a lot of people say when you say you're reading old books like Victorian books or Shakespeare, like, oh, it's so old and boring. I've never felt that. I've never had a problem with it in mm. English. And I don't have a problem reading modern novels in Spanish. But it's just mm. when you get these early 1600s Spanish books, they can be tough going, you know. I'm wondering how you feel about early 16th century Russian or, you know, Japanese books. I'm just wondering if it's something you just don't like around the time period. Maybe. I mean, maybe in translation, though, they would be fine because the stories are always fine. They're just they're dry to get through. This is also it's not that long, right? It's only, Mm -hmm. I think, uh, 300 pages. But Mm -hmm. it's it's a similar story to Don Quixote, right? It's the picaresque. Mm -hmm. Um. It's this chap going around, getting involved in uh, in shenanigans. Um, he changes his name a few times throughout the novel, actually. But he he just goes around, and I'll, I'll give you a few plot details in a moment. Hmm. There's not a massive amount of dialogue in it, which is another thing that I find slightly tricky to get through. Um, I do like my dialogue. Hmm. It was fine. It was light enough. It was enjoyable. I just... I don't know. I, I always feel when I read these 1600s Spanish books that I'm not taking nearly enough out of it as I could, or as I might have done if it had been 
more modern mm. style or or in English, you know. Mm. But essentially, we're in the usual um, the usual picaresque method. So this chap, he's a, a thief, right? He's a swindler. He's mm. the buscon. And I'm gonna look this up because there's a full the full title of the book. Actually, some translations do just call it the swindler. Um, but there is actually a very long and and full uh, title here. Then they usually do that for the yeah the novel yeah. Pattern, yeah history of the life of the swindler called Don Pablos model for hobos and mirror of misers. <laughs> that's fantastic. Mirror of misers is fantastic. Um, but that, I think that's a phrase that you're going to use a lot for now. <laughs> Some translations call him the swindler, the scavenger, or here's one I don't like. Paul the Sharper. They've translated mm. Don Pablos just to Paul, um, which I didn't, <laughs> I didn't love. <laughs> I can imagine. Um, but I've got it down on Wikipedia, so just as I said, written in 1604, published in Zaragoza in 1626 without the author's permission. So actually just one year before Don Quixote was released. I mean, Don Quixote was probably written around the same time. Okay, I thought it was a bit later. So Yeah, they're around the same time, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So look, it's fine. It's fun. He's he's a thief. His brother has already been caught as a thief and and um, punished for that. Early on mm. in the book, his father, who's a, another swindler, is I think his father is executed and his mother is arrested for being a, a witch. <laughs> so mm. comes from a questionable family, let's say, um, father, mother, and brother. He's a nice okay. enough, likable chap, but. You know, he just goes around performing small misdeeds, a few thefts here and there, a few little swindles, and he moves around from city to city in the typical picaresque manner, you know. Yeah. Um, there's little bits of humour in the book. For example, there's one girl who's chasing some chickens around, and she says, Pio, Pio. And then she actually comes in to the, to the priest and says, I want to confess, because I called the chickens Pio, but that's what we call, um, that's actually what we call heads of the church. And so I've, oh, uh, yeah, I've, of course, confl- yeah. I've conflated chickens <laughs> with with churchmen, and that's a sin, and I should uh, I should you know confess and be punished for that. There's little silly things that that crop up from. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't know that about about Pio, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. He makes a friend, uh, Don Diego, who he's later estranged from, and um, which is sad. Um, and he he finds out then obviously what happened with his father and his mother and everything. He goes to meet his uncle, and he hopes that his uncle will give him good news on his inheritance and help him out, and it, nothing really comes of it. Um, mm. But his travels, I would say he doesn't travel very far by modern standards. You know, it's mm. like the big journey from Segovia to Madrid, you know, which is like 20 minutes on the train. You know, <laughs> it's not... It's not uh... Yeah. And and then, of course, at one point, is that he, he makes it as far as Sevilla, which, fair enough, is a little bit farther, but there's a very funny moment where after having been in Madrid, he says, you know, I've got to go somewhere where no one will know me. How about Toledo? Which, again, is about half an hour by train from Madrid. <laughs> <laughs> it's not very far. Um, and I thought that was quite funny. He, he doesn't make it far. But then he mentions in that closing line, I'm going to try America next. Um, All right, okay. The new world, you know. But he does get arrested a couple of times and he manages to avoid getting tortured by befriending the jailer and, and this kind of stuff. So it's your usual picaresque things. There's little bits of humor in there. But it really is just him traveling around this relatively small area around, around Madrid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Okay. I, I liked it enough, but I don't know if I would... If you're happy enough reading, you know, this type of stuff that I haven't enjoyed as much as I should have, like Loud of Hands and Donkey Quixote. And Donkey Quixote, yeah. Well, yeah. more, it sounds more like... No, it sounds more like if you like Donkey Quixote, you, you might like this. It's yeah, shorter, it's, very, it's, it's, it's a shorter version. It's, it's picturesque. Yeah. I I, I kind of sound like the sound of it, to be honest. I think I'd like to try that after I didn't quite finish Don Quixote, so I can maybe try it. I don't yeah. really mind the language too much. so I never not... get enough out of them, and I always feel guilty, you know? Mm. Whereas I don't with uh, newer Spanish books or with even old English books. But mm. I, I read one last book, and yes, I, I did go to Balzac. Oh, um, of course you did. You had to finish it though. Just before I get to it, I want to mention one other thing. In preparation for seeing Tartuffe tomorrow, I had a free hour today, and I, I sat down for, for an hour, and I read mm. um, one very quick um, play. Mm. And this is obviously a, a Moliere play, and mm. it's called... Let me see if I can just grab it here. Such Foolish Affected Ladies, I think is the title. Ooh. I just thought I would mention it just in passing before I get to my to my last book. So I've just fetched the book here. And there we go. Yes, Such Foolish Affected Ladies. That was the mm. the correct title. So this is only 20 or 30 pages. I actually read it in, in about half an hour. Um, but I just thought I would mention mm. it. It's very funny. Essentially, this, this guy and, and these two guys leave these two ladies' company saying, you know, we came to flirt with these ladies but they really didn't give us a very good reception. So we're not, we're not pleased. And the father bumps mm. into them and he's like, he's annoyed because he, he wants, uh, wants his daughter and wants his niece. He wants them to get with these two men to marry them, get out of his house. He says, you're spending so much money on lip balms and, and uh, girls things. I can't, can't put up with these young women. Right, okay. So then what happens is the two gentlemen dress up their servants as, you know, one is a marquise and the other is a count or something, you know, two, two, two yeah. aristocrats. And the servants go in and woo the women by reading poetry and, and being gallant and saying that they're young men about town and they know everyone and they know all the goings on with the artists and the, and the writers. And the women fall in love and they bring in some violinists and invite the neighbors over and they have a party and then the two guys come in and say, aha, you're giving our servants a better reception than you gave us. And the idea is that the girls are now considered foolish um, for what they've done. And the uncle comes in and, and chases mm. the musicians out with a stick and, and says, you know, you've made us a laughing stock and it, and it serves you right. Um, you should have married those nice young gentlemen in the first place. Mm. It was funny. I, I actually really enjoyed it. Okay, fair enough. Good. Well, that's good because you're going to see Tartu, so... Um... Let's see how yeah, and I, I've never actually I've seen Tartuffe before in Spanish, but oh, I, okay. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it in English, and I'll hopefully I'll get a bit okay, more yeah. out of it. Uh, but I just sure, thought it'd sure. be fun to read something by Moliere before I went, and I just had that free, yeah, yeah, to get you know, that to half hour today, yeah. Um, yeah cool. But it was it was a fun read, and it made me it made me feel good about um, going to see them. One one moment I like is they they speak in this really. They keep telling their, their father and uncle, he's so old, you've got to get with the times. And they, they have silly names for things. And I've written it. Um, they call, they tell their servant to bring the counselor of the graces. And she hmm. says, well, what's that when it's at home? And they say, bring us the mirror, you ignoramus. So they call the mirror the council of the graces. And they say, and take care that you don't dirty the glass by letting your reflection get in it. <laughs> which I thought was oh, just absolutely fantastic. Yeah, so you can use that phrase yourself. Huh? <laughs> yeah. 
Um, and the guy writes this poetry that's all, you know, you stole my heart, stop thief, mm. I cry, and all this uh, really, yeah, really okay. effective stuff. It's um, his flirting method, though, brings us into our sponsor um, for this week, for this, mm. for this month. We're sponsored by the admirable company for flirting with ladies by asking them to compliment your own clothing. Um, dot oh, com. yeah, that's effective. That's so we we can stuff. provide you with all the trimmings that you will that you will need frills aplenty um for for this very purpose and he says you know <laughs> why don't you compliment my 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 powdered wig and my dress and my this and my that and my my perfume and my knee lace they make a lot of thing about the knee lace right. and she <laughs> said he says I think it's a it's a foot longer than common. And she says, I have never seen vestimentary style carried to such a pitch of elegance. It's everything you know needless should be. You, you know what to say about needless and, and, <laughs> and the signs, you know what I mean? Just saying. like, But I, I love that line. It. It's everything needless should be. Like, she's just captivated and in love by this. Uh... <laughs> I don't even know what needless <laughs> is. Look, if you got a big needless, you got a big, you know, you got a big stone, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's what I mean. So... I'm going to cut, get to my last book. It is, of course, by Honoré de Balzac. I think we've reviewed more Balzac than anyone else on this show, actually. I think so. I think so. Maybe Dr. Dr. Litt. Maybe. No, no. I think even Balzac more, yeah. Maybe. But a fair few Doc Litt as well. A few Dumas as well. Um, sadly, I never got to review any Dickens because I'd read them all before we started the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's my favorite. But um, yeah. here we go. It's The Tragedy of a Genius. Do you know this one? Oh. No, Lovely purple book here. Uh, I yeah. never heard of it either. Um, you may remember I stopped reading Balzac because they were going a bit downhill. And yeah, this one uh, and... was fantastic. Oh, nice. I okay. loved it. It. I'm. I don't. I didn't oh. look it up to see where it sits in the in the human comedy. If it's maybe in the in the um, mm-hmm. provincial life or whatever, because it's not set in Paris itself. Um, mm. But I loved this book it's mm. very simple it's a very very straightforward plot there's a guy mm. who is a genius and balthazar mm. he wants to discover he starts to do chemistry and essentially it's alchemy mm. and he's searching for it's not clear he thinks he can make gold and diamonds but he's also looking for the absolute and he's maybe people are saying that he's looking for the philosopher's stone and, and this type of stuff mm. okay so that's mm. him um, it's an interesting start. It, it doesn't start like a Balzac, but then you'll see the familiar tropes um, mm. coming in in a minute. So they mention in the early pages that this couple, and the, he's actually a Dutchman living in, in France, and his wife mm. is a Spanish lady from a, from a Casa Real uh, family, a rich Spanish lady living in uh, in France. And they get married, and they have many years of just really good love and devotion and happiness. And they say, thank goodness he doesn't have any manias like his predecessors. One collected portraits, one collected tulips, one collected uh, sculptures or something else. And they say, thank goodness I've got the only normal one. And then, of course, he discovers chemistry and that becomes the worst of all. Hmm. Um, it's so well written. And there's some really nice quotes and things about how she feels that she's losing her husband. He's cheating on her but with an enemy that she cannot fight because the enemy is not mm. a woman, but science. Mm. And some really nice, you know, pieces like that. Um, but they basically portray the Spanish wife as just fantastic, you know? 
And she, it's this, again, I know it's it's France rather than England, but it's this Victorian mm. era idea about just self-sacrifice and devotion, you know. Mm. And she actually gets totally excluded. So her husband basically starts completely abandoning her. Like, she doesn't see him for days on end. He's locked up in another part of the house doing his experiments. He's going around in old, dirty clothes. and um, He doesn't speak mm. to her. He doesn't give her any affection. So she learns chemistry to try to understand him better. Mm, and cool. and she succeeds in that and she's able to converse with him and she wins him back for like a few weeks or whatever and then off he goes again to his experiments um, and you know it's really a tale of love turned to abandonment and he really pays no attention to his wife or to his daughters and doesn't notice when he actually spends all the money he spends millions of of, of um Levers, I guess it would have been yeah. so millions, millions of, of money in uh, in the eighteen hundreds. So that's a lot, a lot, and oh, gets them into massive debt. And the family just keeps saying, "But our he's a great man, and we must respect him." And you know, we'll mm. they keep putting him on the pedestal, no matter how bad he gets. And okay. they all end up trying to work out the debts for him and everything like this. And he just keeps getting them into more and more debt. He ruins the family's reputation time and time again. It's really sad. And they just keep this like stalwart devotion. They they think he's a great man. Um, yeah. I'm not going to talk too much. It's 300 pages. Again, I'm going to try to keep most of my remarks to the first half. Um, but one crucial mm. thing, and it might seem like a spoiler, but it's important, is that eventually the mother dies. Mm. And, you know, she's so long abandoned that he barely comes down to see her die on her deathbed. You know, he, he barely notices that she's sick. And they actually say that his love makes her brighten up. So when he comes into a room, she seems okay. And they have their evening meal together and then he goes away. And then for everyone else, she's on a sick bed. Mm. And they sell all the paintings and they sell all the tulips and they do everything they can. Um, but it's the daughter, Marguerite, who actually becomes the protagonist later in the novel. She mm. takes charge and she's able to control him for a time. And she gets the whole family out to work and she sorts everything out. And just when it seems it's all sorted, he then gets them into more and more and more debt. And there's one horrible moment where he actually takes a pistol and threatens to shoot himself if she doesn't give her him the last pennies that they have to feed themselves, to buy bread that he wants to use on more supplies for his chemistry. So it's really oh. sad. But it's all esque, but I suppose it's similar in the sense of Per Goriel. Um Oh man, Gorio, the other way around, where the daughters are just taking the last penny of him, and he's just living a poor man's life while the daughters are living a rich woman's life. Yeah, mm. so it's all about yeah. exploitation, isn't it? Yeah. But... Eventually, here everyone is living in poverty, even though it seems that the you know Marguerite might be able to recover it. There's a lovely quote here, though: um, "How fight against its incessant, tyrannical, and growing power? How kill an invisible rival?" How can a woman whose power is limited by nature struggle against an idea whose enjoyments are boundless and the attractions ever fresh? What a, what to attempt against the coquetry of ideas which freshen themselves? And it goes on and on. But basically, she's 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 saying that science is his mistress, mm. you know? Right, yeah. And it's, it's very beautifully written. It's a very fun book, but it's very sad as well. And there's some nice characters who help out. And there's um, there's a gentleman, a, a DeSolis, who tries to like administer certain things for them to help them out. And his son wants to actually marry Marguerite um, at one point and, and trying to look after her. Um, 
the even at the end, even when he's ruined them over and over again, they still continue to give him respect as their great father, and you're a great man, you come from this great family, and you're in your ancestral home, which is stripped bare, you know? And it's almost like he didn't deserve that, actually. <laughs> and it's this submission that they give to the head of the household, which I didn't really love, because he's a, he's almost become like the child, and the, and the mother, and then later the daughter yeah. is actually looking after everything, you know? Yeah. But they continue to just give him this almost worship, you know? The only difference is the mother had romantic love for him and would put up with a little bit more than the daughter would, you mm. know? Um, but if you liked any Balzac or any of this type of thing, then I, I really recommend this one. The Tragedy of a Genius. Okay, cool. Nice. That well, at least is... Good Balzac. That's it. That's that's the end of my my books for today. Oh. The last book we will we will review together. Well, guys, it's been a, it's been a wonderful journey, and thanks for listening. And well, I look forward then to listening to you guys. It's going to be a different perspective now. I suppose the next generation, the next phase, and but not really that much because our mutual friend Alex has been there not quite from the beginning, but quite. Um, what was it? Maybe about a year after we started the show. I think you so. met him. Then, yeah. yeah we started in october 2020 and then and... it was october that i met him a, a year later yeah yeah so he's been great um thank you so much Dave. And... no problem yeah it's been great having you on pj thank you for your service thank you even thank alfred you is service. thanking you i think we've done good work with the show we've recommended books but we've also we've taught shakespeare we've tried to to um, help recommend books, to improve literacy with the kids. I think we've done some good exactly. work. And, I um, think so. And it's been lovely lovely doing it with you, and you will be Aww. missed. I Aww. will recommend everyone, if you would like to get in touch, you've got booksboys at hotmail.com, or you can head over to Instagram at booksboyspodcast. And, of course, the website, booksboys.com, has links to all the places you can listen and everything else. And it would be nice if you spread the word. Um, we will continue the show in one form or another. The last thing we need to do is to play a song. And I had an idea. I thought, unless you have anything better, we might Mm -hmm. close with my suggestion was Laughing Boy Dancing. Um, The backstory of this was, PJ, you did some nice instrumental tracks. And there was one called Mm -hmm. Laughing Boy Running many years ago. And I Mm -hmm. really liked this strong piano loop that you used. So I decided to just that and turn it into a house song and I called uh, Laughing Boy Dancing. It's one of my favourite songs from you, actually. I really love that one. So I'm actually really looking forward to hearing this because I haven't heard it for a while now. Yeah, in a, in a long time. And, and I mean, look, I tried to do some house uh, bits and I'm sure bits of it might come across as cheesy or whatever nowadays. But the main reason I want to play it is I think you did a really good banging job on the piano. Um, but also, for a fitting goodbye yes. to you, the song does end with a, a audience chant of uh, PJ, PJ, PJ. So I thought that would be a, a fitting uh, closure for your Aww, your thanks. last episode of Books Boys. Um, thanks so much. And that's it. If the DJ would spin that record, myself and hopefully Playboy Alex, we'll be back in about a month. See ya!
Books Boys was presented by The Dean and PJ Burke in association with Thaddeus Penguin Productions. This episode was brought to you by our sponsor, Neelaces. If you would like to get in touch, you can email us at booksboys at hotmail.com or visit us at booksboys.com. The intro uses Driving in the 70s from the Of Soundtracks and Garage Bands EP by Trapdoor. And the outro uses Dog's Light by Bravo Max from the album of the same name. All music used is either pod safe or used with permission. If you'd like to support the show, go to patreon.com slash booksboys, get the show early, and all of our bonus booth fan the boys shows. And you can also check out our music on Spotify or Apple Music. Thank you kindly for listening to us. Please tell your friends and come back next time for another episode of Books Boys. Read some books! Oh no. Don't record. <laughs>